Hello, and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here, and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live with me. Happy Wednesday. I hope everyone is having a beautiful day. And I am so, so excited to be chatting with you guys today. I have so much to share. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) I have to keep myself on track because I have an appointment at noon. So we're going to keep this under an hour, hour at most there's so much to share. So I'm really excited. Thank you guys um, for those who sent in some questions. I will be taking time to answer those as well. And as always, let's start by taking a grounding breath. So whether you are listening to this on IG or listening to this on the podcast, wherever you are, if you're able to just put your hands on your heart, taking a deep breath into the body and release. Just noticing any discomfort, any areas of tension or any parts of the body that want to contract or hide or get small and just seeing if you can maybe take some movement or stillness depending on what your body is needing to open up and soften those areas, even if it's just a little bit. Every bit counts. Maybe sighing out the breath. And just settling into this present moment, allowing your nervous system to slow down and just be here right now. And when you're ready, you can take any movement you need to come back, maybe some neck rolls or some side stretches. All right, let's dive in. I don't have my tea, but I have my parasite cleanse. So we're drinking that instead. It does not taste as good. So I just got back from Santa Barbara. If only this sweatshirt said Santa Barbara instead of Big Sur, but that's okay. We love Big Sur too. And it was, there are no words, except I'm going to need four words. There are... There are no words because it was just one of those experiences you have that changes you, that changes your life. And it's so hard to just put words to it, but hands down, it was four of some of the best days of my life. Like I can wholeheartedly, confidently say that. And this is why I love in-person healing retreats and experiences. I've hosted two of them myself. This was my first time that I was attending as a client. And when I hosted my first two retreats with my clients, it was just like an unforgettable experience being in a room with people who are doing the same healing work, who speak the same language, who are interested in growing and expanding themselves and creating a life beyond their wildest dreams when you can't find that in many other places in the world. Our society is so wired through survival mode and trauma that when you are in a room with people who actually want to break free of that and relate differently and choose differently and like heal generations and past lives of trauma, there's nothing more powerful than that because healing can feel really lonely sometimes. And so when you're in a group like that and you're able to just feel safe to be you and connect in such a deep way, It's just so profound and so powerful and so beautiful. And it was so nice to be on the other side of it because I've been the one leading the retreats. And now to be able to receive all of the medicine and the wisdom was just something I will be forever grateful for. So I want to start with some of the main takeaways that I had from this retreat. The first one is that we all look outside of ourselves for these missing parts, right? Like we look outside to feel complete internally, but really what healing trauma is, is accessing what's already in you 
and releasing all of the layers and the parts and the blockages that are no longer serving you. So rather than reaching for something outside of ourselves to feel complete, it's actually going inward and realizing we have everything that we could possibly need to feel how we want to feel in life, but we have to come into relationship with our emotions in a much different way than we're taught to in our society. So in our society, we are wired to run away from our emotions, numb our emotions, distract and avoid from ourselves and from parts of ourselves. We hide parts of ourselves because we feel so much shame because those parts during childhood were not accepted, loved, held, attuned to. And so then as adults, we feel shame when those parts come out. And there used to be this like kind of this divide of how I would relate. Like one part of it was like how I would relate in the public with people that I wasn't that close to, the parts of myself that I would show, the parts of myself that I felt like I needed to prove. And then there was this other side where only like my closest, most intimate relationships would see where my inner child would come out, where my fear of abandonment would come out, where my Um, anxious attachment would come out or my graspiness, my control, my crafty ways, all these parts of myself would come out that I didn't ever want other people to see how much I suffered because I had a lot of perfectionism around me being a therapist and a healer and feeling like, you know, I'm the, the emotionally intelligent one that needs to present in a certain way. And so there was so much shame that like of just how deeply I suffered I made it mean so much about me. And this retreat really allowed me to just feel safe to be seen, like all of me, like the parts where I felt um, fear, the parts where I felt anxious, the parts where I felt control come up and just claiming that and owning that to a group of women who witnessed me in that and received it. And my mentor and I had to do a lot of work and painful conversations to really prepare me for this retreat because my attachment with my mentor has been so strong in the sense that she's seen parts of me that I didn't feel safe for other people to see. And so there was a lot of control that came up. So for example, I had this image, this vision in my head of like the first time that I was going to have a shroom journey would be with her, um, you know, where she lives for a VIP weekend. It would just be us two because I feel safe with her because if, you know, whatever would come up, like I would feel safe with her witnessing that and guiding me through it. And I saw two of her other clients get to experience that one-on-one journey with her. And I was like, that's how I want my first journey to be. And there was so much control around it. There was so much like hiding in that. And so the universe always gives us what we need, not what we want. And so when the opportunity to go to Paris to have a VIP day came, I was like, oh, I definitely want to do this. But then what happened is when I did that as my one-on-one experience, the timing, like there wasn't just natural opportunity for me to do the one-on-one VIP weekend uh, to do the shroom experience. And then my mentor came out with this retreat. And so my control went so skyrocketed where it was like, oh my God, this means that my first time doing shrooms will be with a group. And what if like all my shit comes out? What if my anxious attachment symptoms come out? Like it was so much control, so much fear, like just fear of not being safe, fear of not having her undivided attention. If like something came up, fear of other people seeing the real me. And the truth is, is that people did see the real me and the real me happens to be someone who doesn't control and doesn't grasp and doesn't live through fear. The real me is actually someone who's really wise and grounded and powerful and just enjoys life and celebrates life and feels safe to be with fear and pain and emotion And that is the real me. And that is what I've always known deep down in my soul. But when we have anxious attachment, when we have trauma, when those protectors and those defenses come up so strongly, it feels like, oh, we're defined by them, right? Like I'm defined by these symptoms. They're just symptoms. 
And that is why I'm so passionate about helping people see that anything can be healed because it's just symptoms of an underlining root. And when we tend to that root, when we heal that root, when we give little us that reparative experience, that doesn't have to be us anymore. It doesn't have to be the way in which we relate anymore. Another thing that I learned about myself is that I can be really addicted to crying. I've always been a crier. And that's always been like this part of my identity is that like, I cry, like I'm just a crier. It's how I release. It's how my body feels better. And yes, to some extent that is true. I do cry. I am very comfortable with crying. And also there were zero tears that came up during the shroom journey, <laughs> which like my mentor and I were shocked about because it's me and I cry. Like I cry all the time. There were no tears because there was nothing to cry about. Like I had done so much processing and so much releasing and so much somatic pain being released from my body. There was nothing left to process. All there was left was just to be, to be present, to feel safe, to just be me. And it was just the most beautiful experience of like, there is nothing left to process. Like, yes, things will come up. Yes, I'm human. Yes, I will cry again. Yes, I will have pain. Yes, I will have tears of gratitude and joy and pain and sadness and fear and all the things because I'm human, but I'm not in an active state of healing anymore. And I get to just like enjoy the fruits of the labor and just like be and feel safe and not have to have it be so heavy and intense anymore. And if you're listening to this and you're not at that point, I want you to remember I had to go through a lot of heaviness and pain and fear and releasing and relating differently and shifting for me to get to this point. If you guys have been listening to Morning Tea Live or this podcast for a long time, you will remember that, or you might remember that there was an episode I talked about where my BPD symptoms and my control really shifted in such a deep embodied way. And I want to share a little bit more because this retreat is a part of that. So when I, when this retreat was first announced and I had my control come up and I was like, oh my God, this means I'm not going to get to do the shroom journey with her just one-on-one. I'm going to be in a group. I feel so scared. Da, da, da. Everyone's going to see me. Everyone's going to see these dark parts of myself. Da, da, da. And I was talking about it with my mentor and we had some really painful conversations where she was like, you know, I'm nervous for you to come to this retreat. And I was like, I'm nervous to come to this retreat. Like, I'm so scared that my anxious attachment with you or my um, fear of abandonment or my BPD symptoms where it's like this very deep, deep fear of abandonment, this black and white thinking, this grasping on where that's going to come out and I'm going to like ruin it for everyone. Like I had so much shame, like so much pain that came with this. And it was the day of my last retreat, the one that I was hosting for my clients. I was on the beach. I was boxering my mentor. I was crying just this, like these tears of pain and shame of like, I, I can't relate this way anymore. I can't be afraid to experience these beautiful experiences. I can't have her be afraid to bring me into these spaces. I don't want that to be the way in which I'm relating anymore. And I boxered her and I just said, I'm going to shift this. Oh, it makes me so emotional. <laughs> I just said, I'm going to shift this. I don't know how, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm going to shift this because I refuse for this to be the way that I relate anymore. I refuse for this to be the way that I feel in terms of connecting with others on a deeper on a deeper level. Like I refuse to relate this way anymore. And I just made a decision that day and that night when I had three clients come, I was still such in this like shame spiral. And I was like, I have to, I have to show up. I can't let the shame take over and make me want to hide. I have to show up because that's what I do as a leader. That's what I do for my clients. I have to show up. And in, in just making that decision that I was going to shift it and that I was going to show up, it released this control it like literally forced the control out of me and I made the decision to shift it. And I did. And this retreat was like, just 
the byproduct of that. It was like, none of the things that I was scared of happened at all. Like it couldn't have been farther from the truth of that. It was like, I made the decision. I did the really hard work to shift it and was like, I'm going to allow this to be a new experience. I'm going to allow this to be a new way of relating. And it was exactly that. And I don't mean to minimize any of this by saying like, you just have to decide and then it magically feels better. It's like, you have to decide and then you have to do the work to relate differently, even when it feels like you're going to die. And that's what I did. I decided, how do I want to relate to this control coming up right now? How do I want to relate to the shame coming up right now? Because even after that last episode where I made that decision and the control re released and I had this amazing retreat weekend with my clients, my, my fear of abandonment, my BPD symptoms still came up one time after that. And so it's not like we can attach on and be like, okay, now I'm healed and nothing comes up again. It did come up again. My fear of abandonment got triggered again. And it just was shedding deeper and deeper layers of it. And I get to choose how to respond to it. And that is the most freeing thing in the world is like, we get to choose how to relate to what comes up. We can't control what comes up. We get to choose how we're going to respond. And we might not know what the fuck we're doing. We might not know how we're going to shift something that feels so deeply wired in ourselves and our bodies, but we get to just make the decision that I'm not going to live like this anymore. And I'm going to shift it because I don't want to feel this way in my relationships. I don't want my closest people to feel this way in relationships with me. I want them to feel free. I want them to feel safe. I don't want them to feel controlled or suffocated because when we have anxious attachment, we can so easily make our people feel suffocated and controlled because we're like grasping onto them for dear life. No one wants to feel that way. I have felt that way before on the receiving end. It doesn't feel good. And so it was just like this long road of relating differently and processing underneath like what was underneath the control and saying, how do I want to relate to this control and going into the retreat, knowing that there was all of this, all these triggers around the shrooms, all these triggers around the control, all these triggers around how I thought everything should be and choosing to believe that the universe is giving us exactly what we need, not what we want, but what we need and what we need ends up being so much better than what we thought we wanted. I thought I wanted my first room experience to look this certain way in a box. I literally can't imagine it being any other way than the way it was. And that's because the universe was like, calm the fuck down, bitch. I got you. Trust me. Let me guide you. Let me make it better than you could have ever imagined. And that requires a letting go. It requires a release of control. It requires a deep belief that everything happens for our evolution, for our learning the way it needs to. And the more we fight it, the more we go in circles, the more that lesson needs to come up over and over and over again. And so it was just like witnessing all of that hard work pay off. And like, just, it was such a reminder of how fucking powerful we are. <laughs> like, it's just... It's so mind-blowing to really feel that. Like we are so powerful where we get to just choose. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to shift it. I'm going to create a new reality. I'm going to create a new experience. And I'm going to show little me. I'm going to show my nervous system that she doesn't need to control or be special. I have this deep special wound from childhood during my leukemia where it's like, if I wasn't made to feel special, I felt like I was dying. Like I didn't feel seen. And it's like, it felt just pure freedom to be able to just be like, I don't need to, to, to go above and beyond to like be this special thing. Like I am special just cause I am you're special just cause you are. And just like less is more right. Like taking away those layers. So we often think that healing is like, 
reaching these different parts that aren't in us. It's no, it's like going in and, and releasing what's no longer serving you so that you can actually connect to your core truth, your core essence, your core authenticity, and just be, oh God, it's just wild. Yeah. Anyway, so now I'll share a little bit about the actual journey because there was so much fear, <laughs> so much control leading up to it. And I told my mentor, I was like, I know wholeheartedly that this is going to be one of those things where once I actually do it, I'm going to be like, oh, why the fuck was I so scared of this? <laughs> why the fuck was I trying to control this? Like, it's totally fine. I'm totally safe. And that's with anything in life that we feel so scared of. It's like our mind makes it out to be so much bigger than it actually is. And then we do it and we realize like, what the fuck was all of that about? Like, it was so unnecessary. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Like, it became this bigger thing in my head because of what it represented. Little me felt like she had to do it to belong. She saw other people doing it and felt this deep fear of abandonment. And something really profound that came up in my one-on-one -on -one session with my mentor at the retreat was that the more that, that there's this deep fear of if I actually focus on me and I actually commit to me, then I'm going to be abandoned. That if I'm not constantly focusing on other people or my relationships with my closest people and like this hypervigilance around it, that I'm going to be abandoned. And it's my job to then show little me, I'm safe to focus on myself. I'm not going to be abandoned. I'm focused. I'm safe to fully commit to myself. I'm not going to be abandoned. And so when hypervigilance would come up around my relationships, it's like, oh, I'm not actually focusing on me. I'm focusing on this relationship because I'm attaching onto that for safety rather than showing little me like I'm safe to just focus on me. And so one of the things that I'm working on right now is three things. One, eye contact, eye contact with myself. Um, I contact with my mentor because when she really sees me, it makes me like cry because it feels so fucking scary to feel so fully seen like someone looking into my soul and also eye contact with others, like not looking away as much because again, we are mirrors for each other. So when I'm looking at you and you're looking at me, we're seeing each other, we're seeing ourselves because we're all mirrors for that. And that can feel really scary. And so I'm being much more intentional with like looking into the camera, looking into my client's eyes, looking into my mentor's eyes, looking into my own eyes. And then the other thing is really taking myself seriously. So I'm someone who just has this natural zest for life. I have like, <laughs> there is a moment during the retreat where one of my um, fellow retreat ladies, she looked at me and she was like, you have this thing about you where you go from one minute just feeling so grateful and like celebrating life because we were in this van. I was eating popcorn. I was like, hi, like on drugs and on life. And I just was like, guys, look at our lives. Like, I'm just like eating popcorn in this van in Santa Barbara, like <laughs> with all of you. Life is so amazing. But then she also had bought my meditation series and she was like, you also are just so grounded. She's like, you just have this like both sides where you just like love life, but you're also so grounded. And sometimes those two things can feel conflicting, but actually they go together because the more grounded you can be, the more that you can enjoy your life from a grounded place rather than from a dysregulated place. And so it was connecting me back to those main parts of myself that I know are there, but when we're healing trauma and we're connecting to our authenticity, we start to question like, what is authentic? And I'm still getting to know myself in just like some smaller day-to-day -day ways. Like I bought a baseball hat recently. I've never liked baseball hats. I'm like, why am I doing this? Is it because I see someone else wearing a baseball hat? Do I actually like it? Cause it represents this new fit clean era that I'm blossoming into. Cause I've always wanted to be really fit and healthy. So it's like leaving space to explore who you actually are while also connecting back to like who you know to be just in your core truth. So I'm working on eye contact, deeper intimacy with myself and others, 
using laughter when it genuinely feels like I'm just in the celebratory joyful part of life rather than using it as a defense against taking myself seriously. And one of the things about taking myself seriously is when I told my mentor, like, how fucking cool is it that I just made this decision? And then here we are enjoying the fruit of all of our labor. And she was like, you can do that with anything else. Like you can just decide for your business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this impact. I'm going to help people change their lives. I'm going to go all in on myself and not tap out. I can do that with my health journey. I can just decide I'm going to become a fit powerful, healthy queen, because that's what I desire. And I know I'm capable of it. It's like, we can make that decision anywhere. The reason why it felt more like urgent when it came to my healing is because it felt so fucking awful to feel that way. And so when it comes to my business or my health, it's like, I'm comfortable enough where there's not as much urgency around it. And so I have to connect each and every day to my why. Why do I want to go all in on myself in these different areas and not needing to have that urgency to light the fire under my ass, but just do it because I'm worthy of feeling that way because I desire to, because I want to make the, the most of my life. And then the other thing is when it comes to crying, like <laughs> allowing it to just be natural, like the way I just cried before, it was just like, oh, my heart just like fucking felt it. And some tears came out and that's beautiful. But the way that I was relating to crying was like, yeah, just like, oh, my head hurts a little because I banged into this table in the retreat by accident. And yeah, anyway, um, the way that I was relating to it was from this place of attaching onto pain. Like it felt safer to be in that pain than to actually just land in, I'm okay, I'm fine. <laughs> my mentor looked at me and she was like, you're fine. And I was like, I'm fine. And she's like, you're fine. I was like, I'm fine everything's fine. And she was like, yeah, you're tired and you're creating problems where there's no problems. And I'm like, you're so right. Everything's fine. We are so conditioned to be in survival mode, to be hypervigilant around anything that's not fine. That when we are actually fine, we're like, oh my God, this feels too good to be true. And so it's trusting the goodness of that. Okay. So those are the takeaways. Those are the things that I'm integrating. Now, let me actually share about the shroom experience. So there was a lot of thinking about how much I was going to take. Before this retreat, I had microdosed a lot. I had done like a little bit more than a microdose, like a kind of a meso dose where I felt like high and giggly. Um, and that was off of one square. So I was like, oh my God, if I feel this way in one square, how the fuck am I going to do like six, which is more of a full dose? It was like two grams. So I was like, okay, maybe it's best to just start off. I was trying to control it. I was like, maybe it's best to start off by easing in and taking like three squares or maybe four, max five, but like six just feels too much of a stretch. And then my mentor and I were talking about the dosaging and like how much should the people take who've done this before? How much should the people take who haven't done this before? There was a lot of thinking because it's like, you want to be intentional about it. But you also don't want to overthink it because again, that's control. So we were, we basically agreed that I would take less because I hadn't done it before. And then when we were talking about it and we were all as a group, just discussing our experiences, our fears, and hearing the way that the people who had done them before were talking about it, it just released so much of that fear for me. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I think sometimes going in this in-between state where you're still like sober, but you're still in like heading to the shroomland, it like can almost create more anxiety because you're not fully able to release control yet. And so I was like, you know what? I want the full transformation. Like I've been waiting so long to experience this. I want the full shebang. So I'm going to go all in. I'm going to take the max dose and I'm just going to trust and <laughs> As soon as it was like, we, we set some intentions, we sat in a circle, we did some meditation, we wrote down our intentions, my three intentions, release fear and control. Um, <clears throat> what were the other two? Connect to my like true authenticity and have fun, like be present. And I can safely say I achieved all of those. I met all those intentions. So we're sitting, we're doing the intentions, we're breathing, we're meditating, and then my mentor was like, okay, let's eat them. And then we will do a card pull. 
So I knew as soon as I would just eat them that that part of the control would release because I was like, once you eat them, there's no turning back. Like you just fully have to surrender. You have no other choice. And so, you know, some, like some of the other ladies were at this point where they were like, would take one. And then they would be like, okay, should I take another one? And like, and I was like, nope, I'm just going to fucking take it. And I just ate six, six squares, which was two grams. So it was a, it was one to two grams is a full dose, two to three is a deep dose. So I was right on the border of full and deep. And I was like, okay, I did it. (laughs) And I looked at myself in the mirror. I went to the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I'm so proud of you. You're facing your fear. You did it. You are safe. Just enjoy it. Just allow yourself to enjoy it. So then we all went into the hot tub and there's this uncomfortable part of the journey where it's like you're like for those that have done them before, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you're transitioning from sober land to mushroom land, but you're in this like, it's literally called a journey for a reason because you're like in this in-between place. And one of the common side effects, not for everyone, but for me is um, you can experience nausea. And I was sitting in the hot tub. One of a, one of the other girls felt it right away. She was having a little bit of a hard time just like settling in. And it, it kind of just feels antsy. Like you just need to move and it just, you feel it moving through your body and you're kind of antsy. And so we were in the hot tub and she was like, oh no, like I'm feeling uncomfortable. And so we were just like, breathe. So she's just breathing. I'm not really feeling anything yet. It kind of hit me later on. Um, but I'm in the hot tub and there's this beautiful view of the mountains. There was a heart shaped cloud in the sky and that's my sign from my mom. So I knew she was with me and I just stared at the view. I just stared at the view. And then as I started to like, start to feel a little bit like I was transitioning into that space, I started to feel a little nauseous and I just breathed. I just breathed. I just breathed. I just breathed. Then the heat from the hot tub started to feel like a little much. So we went into the pool I was in the pool and then I entered more of this like giggly stage where I just, I felt like I needed to be in the water and I really felt my mermaid self come out. Like I know that I'm a, I'm a mermaid. I was a mermaid in past lives. And I just fully felt that like the water was my safe space. Like I just felt so safe in the water. I just was swimming. I was starting to feel like a little bit high, but still like in this in-between state. And there was even this part where like, I turned around, like I was, and it almost felt like I flipped my tail, like as if I had a tail and I was like flipping it. Like I just felt so like a mermaid. It was amazing. And I just couldn't stop laughing. And so I turned to my mentor and I'm like, listen, I know that laughter is a defense for me, And normally when I laugh that hard, it means that tears and pain is coming. So I'm like, is this a defense or is this just me like enjoying it? And she was like, well, shrooms can make you giggly. So just like, enjoy it. I'm like, okay, I couldn't stop laughing. Like, and it was so fucking funny because originally when my control was like, I just want to do them alone with my mentor, not in a group. Being in the group just was like the best thing ever because everyone had their own experience. And it was just so fucking beautiful to witness. Like one of the girls was just laying in the grass and she was kind of just being this roly poly and she was just so cute and just like rolling around in the grass. The other girl was also laying on the grass. Another one was fucking making me laugh so hard. She would just like kept popping up and she was like, (laughs) she just kept asking questions about it. Like, is it going to help me face my fear of death? Does anyone else like da, da, da. Like she just kept saying this. And I was like, I can't even look at you. You're fucking cracking me up so hard. Like I couldn't even look at her. She was making me laugh so hard. And I just, I couldn't stop laughing and it was really fun. And then I got out and went back to the hot tub and I started, um, I started like having some grapes, but this friend and I were in the hot tub and I, I couldn't stop laughing that I was like, I'm going to choke on this grape. I got to stop eating. So I stopped eating. I got out of the hot tub. Cause I was like, I literally couldn't be with her. She was making me laugh so hard. <laughs> so I got back in the water and then one of the girls had some emotions come up and it was this like interesting feeling where I could be with her and her emotion, but I physically needed to be in the water that 
like my mentor and, and another one of the girls was like hugging her while she was crying. And I was just like, kind of in the water, witnessing her and being with her. But it's like, I was still so in my own giggly experience that like, she was like crying hysterically and I just couldn't stop laughing. And so I kept having to reiterate, like, I'm not laughing at you, but it was just like, it was such a representation of everything coexisting. Like her crying didn't mean that I couldn't be laughing. Me laughing didn't mean that I was insensitive to her crying. It's like, we all just had our own experiences where one, like a couple of people were crying. One girl went inside and was just like crying alone and like, didn't want to be like with any of us. And then um, another one of us was just like really chatty. And for me, I couldn't even form words. Like it was just like, we were all in our own unique stages, but all together and all of it beautifully coexisted. And then at one point my mentor was like, okay, like maybe it's time to get out of the, the water. Cause like, you know, just, I was like becoming a prune and I was like, okay, but I'm really cold. I want to go shower. And I got out and I was like, can I shower? Is that allowed? Am I safe to shower? Because I hadn't been alone yet. <laughs> I hadn't gone out. I, I hadn't gone inside yet. And I felt so safe just being with everyone and in the water that I was scared to leave the water. <laughs> so then I, they all started laughing. They were like, of course you can go shower. I was like, okay, like, I just don't know. So I go in and I had, I like start to walk into entryway to the house and I had to pause. Cause I was like, oh, this house does not look the same as it did. <laughs> and I just was looking around and I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, I'm safe. It's okay. Everything's fine. And I walked in, I walked to the bathroom, I turned on the shower and I was very much in this phase of like, like my head felt very heavy. It was like this heavy head high. It's so weird because as I'm talking about it, I can feel it in my body. Like I can feel even some of the nausea come back or like the heaviness in my head. It's like amazing how visceral it felt that I can like feel it as I'm talking about it. So I was in the shower. I was just breathing. I would open my eyes and like everything was moving. And I was like, whoa this is weird, but it didn't feel scary. Like my worst fear was that it was going to feel scary. It didn't feel scary at all. It just felt like, like I just need to breathe through the nausea, breathe through. It, it felt like there was this heaviness in my head. Like it was so high and like giggly. And then it felt like the heaviness just needed to move through. And it's so symbolic of life because we go through these uncomfortable things to get to the magic. And then we don't want to go through the uncomfortable things. So then we never get to the magic. And so this was such a representation of that. I had to feel really uncomfortable in my body of like everything feeling really heavy, my limbs feeling heavy, like just like my head feeling so high that I wasn't feeling super present yet. And then just feeling so like giggly, but also like things moving, like, and I just had to breathe and close my eyes and breathe. And then I would look around and it was just like this wild shower experience. And it's like, I couldn't make decisions of like, what towel do I use? Or like, I put this sweater on the floor, but then it was getting wet. It was just like functioning was a little bit hard because <laughs> I was still very much in the in-between stage. And in that moment, I was like, huh, I don't get it. Like what, what's so magical about this? Like, why do people want to do this? Like, it feels really like kind of hard to function right now. At that point, I didn't know that I was still coming on to them. I thought that that was the experience. And I was like, huh, like, I don't know if this was worth all of it. And then I get myself dressed. I like, didn't even remember putting on my pants because when I got outside, I was like, where did these pants come from? I go outside. I was feeling really cold, but I sat down with everyone in the grass and it felt like my body had just like implanted into the grass. And I lay down and I look up and all of these birds. So what I learned about shrimps is that it's not that you hallucinate things that aren't there. It's that everything that's already there is just more alive, like more energy, like more just, you know, more, more alive. And so I lay down and I look at the sky and like the clouds are just kind of like moving. And then these birds, like it's as if they came to do a show for us the birds just start going in these circles and like they're just flying and it's just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and I'm just breathing and I feel really good just laying down 
and some of the girls are still like crying and processing stuff and talking. And I was just so at the point where like, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even like, I just had to be. And so I occasionally, like one of the girls would say something and I would just have this like mama goose wisdom core out of me where I was like lying on the grass. And then I would just plop my head up and say like this one line of wisdom and then plop back down. And everyone started laughing because they were like, oh my God, like she's just so wise, but she's not even talking. Like it was just like, it was like my old soul wisdom was just pouring out without even having to do much. And it was really, it was just like powerful to witness. And so (laughs) I was like still part of it, but I was still just laying down. And then I finally get up and I'm sitting up. And there was one part where I, I told my mentor, I was like, I can't be in the water anymore, but I need to move. Like, I just need to move. And she was just like, walk around or maybe do some yoga. She was like, you might need to vomit. It's okay. I didn't end up vomiting. And I just started talking about how I felt like I was in labor. Like, I was like, this is like when people get pregnant and they're, (laughs) they're nauseous, but they sign up for it. It's like, I signed up for this and now I'm nauseous. And it's like, I'm giving labor to this like shroom experience. And I was like walking around like women do in hospitals when they're laboring of just like rubbing my belly and breathing and like, just like, it was so funny. And then I finally was able to just like get back on the grass and sit down. I think I was walking around first and then I was laying down. Then I sat up and I sat up and I still felt like really weak and just like, like tired and like nauseous and just like, uh, like depleted a little bit. And so I just kept breathing. I kept breathing. People were starting to snack. And I was like, do I want snacks? Like, would that help me feel better? And I started to like, I didn't really have an appetite. So I just like kept sitting and breathing. And then I started to like slowly like munch on some fruit. And then I don't know, maybe it was like two hours later that I finally moved through the nausea. Like you just have to burp a lot. You just have to move it through you. And I was finally able to start like just eating some fruit, some like light things. And then this is where I feel like I finally landed, but I didn't know that that was me landing. I thought like, oh, am I just sober now? Like, was that it? And then I looked at my phone and my phone looked like so ample. I was like, oh, I'm not sober. I was like, I think this is actually just like me landing in the, the experience and like having moved through it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like it it was just kind of figuring out like what, (laughs) what was I feeling? What was what? And there was a girl that was having her own kind of experience inside. And so the rest of us were saying like, we really wanted to go get her. And so I this just like mother goose energy came out. We talked about what our spirit animals would be. And at first I said, I wanted to be a seagull because I love beach snacks. And then they reminded me like seagulls are awful. And I was like, okay, like we started doing this research and I was like, all right, we're doing an air animal, a sea animal and a land animal. So I chose the mother goose for air, uh, elephant for land and a mermaid for sea. And so I went in and it felt like I was just meant to help guide. Like I was meant to have that mother goose energy come out and I helped, you know, process some stuff that one of the girls was going through. I was hugging another girl. I just didn't have anything come up and it was just fucking wild. And it was like, I've, it just, all that's come up has already come up. So now I'm just able to enjoy it. And so my favorite part of the entire thing was when we all landed in, in the experience. Like everyone was kind of just like more present. The nausea had ended. We were just in this experience and everything just felt alive. Everything felt so beautiful. Um, all the defenses were down. The thing about this is like, if you have not done this work beforehand and your defenses are strong, it doesn't mean those defenses automatically go away. But because of all the work that I had done to release the control and release my defenses, I did feel safe to release them and just enjoy it. And so we were all just sitting on the grass, sitting by the pool. We were all connecting. We all just had different things that we were sharing. And we just felt so deeply connected to one another. Like we all just felt so open-hearted and connected and like, 
it was just like a full experience of life without all of the protectors and the defenses. And then the girl that was inside, she came out finally after us trying to get her to come out and she, the sun was setting and she looks around and she starts crying and she was like, this is heaven. She was like, this is heaven. And she was like, everything is so beautiful. And I just gave her a hug and I was like, it's so, she's like, it's so much brighter out here. And I was like, I know, like you needed to go through the darkness to get to this lighter period. And it was just like this beautiful thing. And she went in the bathroom and she came out and she's like, I just looked at myself and I'm stunning. <laughs> and so we're all like going in the bathroom, looking at ourselves and we're like, we're so stunning. And it's like, you just see yourself in this like blissful higher state and like connected to your higher self. And yeah, I think like what came forward was the girls were just saying like, that I have this very maternal energy and like, they just wanted to hug me. And that I just, I had all this wisdom come out. And my mentor is like, I'm just so proud of you. Like I raised you so well. Like we always laugh, like I raised you so well because she reparented me. Um, and it was just like connectedness. And there were moments where I would notice some like overthinking come up or some protectors come up and I would just breathe through them. And I think at one point my mentor even noticed that like I was kind of creating a little bit of distance. Um, and so she was like, I haven't hugged you yet. And she just gave me this big hug and we looked at each other and she gave me a kiss on the cheek and she held my face. And she was like, I told you, like, it was all going to be perfect. It was exactly how it was meant to be. And we just like celebrated in that moment, like all the work that we had done to get my nervous system ready for the, for an experience like this. And we ended up just staying out there on the grass by the pool talking for hours. Like it was like time didn't exist. Like every time I was like, okay, it's been five minutes. Ooh. Whoops. I got like a national security alert thing on my phone buzzing. Um, so we, we were out there for hours and it was like time didn't exist where like, I, I was like, okay, I'll go back in in five minutes and talk to her. And then I'd be like, okay, it's five minutes. My mentor would be like, no, it's only been one. And we would start laughing. Like time just didn't exist. And we just stayed out there for hours until it got dark and the moon, there was a full moon and the stars. And, um, we just kept eating fruit. We kept laughing. We kept crying. We kept connecting. I didn't cry, but other people cried. And we just, it was like, we never wanted it to end. Like we just felt so connected to each other and so connected to, to life and earth. And like, um, we then went skinny dipping. And even that, even that was like such a thing that I had some history around of like, my mentor had said that she had gone skinny dipping with one of her clients, um, on one of their VIP weekends. And I had this reaction to it because I've had a lot of trauma around my relationship with sexuality because of stuff with my mom growing up and feeling like my mom like prioritized that over me and feeling neglected and having like unsafe associations with sex and so just being able to express my sexuality and like she and I were just like looking at each other and and she was like look at this we're like skinny dipping in a pool together like did we ever think we would get to this point and we just gave each other a high five and it was just like like everything shedded, everything that I was grasping onto and controlling it just like all released. And we just got to laugh and talk and like swim and just be so free. And it was just amazing. And then some of the girls went to bed. Some of them ate soup. Um, we eventually had some soup, but then there was like a group of us where we just wanted to just, we never wanted it to end that we just stayed up really late hot tub, pool, hot tub, talking, fruit, soup, talking in the kitchen, like just, it was just everything. And it was just the most magical, like quite literally the most, ma like one of the most magical days of my life. And it, it was because I was able to get through, it was like just this confirmation of like, you can just breathe through anything. Like you're safe to get through anything like all that discomfort at the beginning. It was so worth it to then get to this place where I was able to be present and just like feel so connected and just connected to my true self. And then, yeah, it was just such a representation of life. Um, 
I did have some questions that I don't know if I've answered because I'm just kind of like zoning out talking about this because I'm just like in it. So I want to make sure I get to the questions. Let me open them up. Oh, actually they didn't, I sent them, but they didn't save here. Um, okay, I think if I remember it was like, it was like, how is it different than a microdose? Well, a microdose, you're just, I mean, depending on how much you take, a microdose is really just like, you might feel a little bit more present, a little bit more softening. You might feel a little bit more relaxed, but this is like the full trip is more of like, you are going to go through some uncomfortable things. And then you're going to realize that you're comfortable with the uncomfortable. Like you are safe to be with the discomfort and that it's just such, I know I keep saying this, but it's such a representation of life of like, you have to go through the discomfort to get to the magic and it is so worth it. And that you can breathe through anything. Like as long as we have our breath, we can breathe through anything. And like, as someone who has witnessed several people in my life lose their breath and go through dying, like having our breath is something we should never take advantage of. Like it's something that we should always be so grateful for and remember that we can breathe through anything. So, um, it's just different than a microdose. Cause you're, you're fully releasing all of that control. If you allow it to, like you can still hold on, but it's way better if you just release it. And then how do you get through dysregulation? I think was another one of the questions and it's simply just breathing. Like it's breathing it's showing your body. I'm safe. I can breathe. I can ask for support and meeting yourself where you're at. I mean, it's, it's basically like what this work is all about, but just like a heightened version of it, like a condensed version of it. And then, um, the next day we did them again, but for the concert, and this was a very different experience because we weren't in our safe little bubble. We were in the real world. And so I did, I first, I did three squares then I did another, so I did four and then we almost brought them to the concert, but we didn't, but then we regretted it. But anyway, we, at first I was like, I don't even know if I'm feeling it. I don't feel any nausea this time because your tolerance goes up. So the next day doing them, it just like your body's just used to it already. And so when we got to the concert, I definitely felt some, some fear show up. I think all of us did because like every, like you're feeling everyone's energy and it's like this big stadium. And so you're going in and you're like, oh my God, this is a lot. Like it's a lot of energy. And so one of my friends, she was like kind of having a little bit of a, not a full-blown panic attack, but she was having some fear come up and we all just linked arms and we just breathed and we we're like, we're, we have each other. We're safe. Just get to the seat, get to the seat, get to the seat. And it was so fucking funny because one of my friends, she was like having this like anxiety. We get our mentor to like help, you know, soothe her a little bit and she's just looking into her eyes and she's like, just breathe with me, breathe with me. And she breathes and she closes her eyes. She takes a breath in. She's like, what do I need? And she just goes, I want snacks. <laughs> and it was like her inner child came out with like, I need a snack. <laughs> so we got her a snack. We started laughing. We're like, well, phew. Like we thought maybe we were going to have to leave or something. We're like, no, she just needs a snack. We got to our seats we felt weird that no one else was dancing. We're like, why is no one else dancing? And my friend was like, cause no one else is on shrooms or maybe they are, but we just don't know. And we felt the music and we, I just couldn't stop dancing. We were just dancing and listening to the music. And we finally felt safe to just be there and like be safe around other people. And like, we just couldn't stop moving. And it was just like dancing and feeling alive. It was just like the best feeling on earth. Like just, there's just nothing like it, like way better than anything I've ever experienced. Like weed, alcohol, like literally doesn't even compare. And yeah, we had, we had a beautiful concert experience. Um, we did end up, me and two of us ended up smoking a little weed from this person that gave us some and it was like nice, but it also just reminded me like, oh, I don't like this as much. Like that made me more anxious. <clears throat> so yeah, it was overall just like fully magical. And the things that I'm integrating is just staying connected to my true core self, wise, grounded, joyful, celebratory, grateful, safe to be with discomfort, safe to breathe through discomfort, safe to release fear, 
those are the things that I'm integrating and yeah, I'm just so grateful for it. I feel like I could talk about this literally forever. I do have to get going. I have an appointment for, I'm doing, um, this parasite cleanse. I, and I'm doing a second colon hydrotherapy appointment with lymphatic drainage and sauna. So I'm doing a full release soon. So I do need to head off and eat and take care of myself. So that is what I'm going to do. Does anyone have any questions before I wrap this up? Anything that's coming up for them as they're listening to all this? I know this was a really long live today. Um, I think it's really fucking funny that as I'm talking about this, I'm like feeling some of it in the sense of like time feels like it doesn't really exist because I'm like in that place. And the thing is, time doesn't exist. We literally made up time. Time is a construct. And so our, our actual highest selves knows that time does not exist. Fear is like this big lie. It's like, none of it actually exists. Like fear exists, but it's like, yeah. So anyway, I want to just keep taking that into my day to day. Um, but yeah, it was truly an experience. I'll never forget. I am excited to guide my clients in doing these experiences and just like further releasing that fear. Uh, microdosing will continue to be a part of my journey. I, I think it's been super helpful for me in just releasing control and, and connecting back to my presence, like presence, like feeling safe to be present. That's what trauma healing is. It's feeling safe to be present. And this is exactly what this experience was. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't in my head. I was just fully present and it was fucking amazing. So Real quick before I wrap up, wanted to remind you of the three ways to do this work, keeping in mind that this work is what has allowed me to feel safe to be present. This work is what has allowed me to feel safe to be seen by other people. This work is what has allowed me to release so much of that attachment wounding and that control and that trauma. And so a big part of healing my anxious attachment in processing childhood pain and reparenting little me that is exactly why I've created my group, Come Home to Yourself, where I show little you that she's safe to just be. And we do reparenting, we do processing, we relate differently. And it's just the most powerful group that I've created. I just am obsessed with this work so much. It is open for enrollment. It's a four-month group container with you and other women being seen by one another, held by one another um, supported by one another. And we help you go from anxious to secure attachment and it's just life-changing. And then I also have my group real men heal with my co-leader, Anna. That's a three month men's group, same work. We heal attachment wounding. It's not just specifically for anxious attachment It's for anyone. And it's a full nervous system rewiring. There's nine modules teaching you all about the nervous system, inner child healing, abundance, how this relates to money. We did a lot of work on money and faith and, oh God, I just like the way that I'm going to bring all this into my work. It's like, if you have been thinking about working with me, now is the time because I'm like on a whole other level right now and it's just going to keep going. And so now is a beautiful time to jump into my world where I'm going to be giving you all of this medicine and this potency of just like what I'm integrating in my life. And the more that I become this embodied leader who is safe to release those defenses and stay in the present and be with pain and expand and transform, like the more I get to take you with me. So now is a beautiful time to jump in. I also have my membership beyond your wildest dreams, which comes with one monthly masterclass, a Q&A, a Facebook group, and also tier two and three, you have the option of buying my entire body of work where you get to do the courses at your own pace and then come into the Q&A with questions. It's a great space for you to get a deeper level of intimacy with me, getting all of your questions answered. Um, and it's just a really special group, a special place. So if you have any questions about any of these please DM me. My DMs are always open or head to link my bio to submit an application. The two group programs are by application only. The membership is open to anyone. So feel free to apply. We can hop on a free discovery call, make sure it feels like a good fit for us both and get you on your healing journey. So I'm super excited. I'm feeling so lit up to do this work with you because it has changed my life in more ways than I can even describe. And 
the more I do it, the, the newer levels of expansion I reach. And it's like, holy shit, I just want to keep going and going and going because life gets to feel this good. And I want everyone to feel this way. So does anyone have any final last minute questions, thoughts, feelings before we wrap up for today? Thank you guys so much for joining, for being here. <clears throat> Okay, <clears throat> if there are any questions that come up, please reach out. Loved it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, truly just, oh, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, my shroom journey was not like that, I want you to remember that like this healing work that I do with my clients and that I've done it myself, it's what has prepared me for being able to have that type of magical experience. So it's always going to bring up what it needs to but all the prep work that you do ahead of time like that is what allows you to have the type of experience that you want so anyway i love you guys i will talk to you soon take time to come home yourself breathe deeply and dm me if you're ready to get going i would love 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 to do this work with you and change your life you just have no idea how good it could be all right love you all i will see you for the next episode bye